0: Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, May the 3rd in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, the fifth Sunday of Easter, and on the Wednesday of the week, we usually have to pick up an extra passage that comes to us from this week from the Revised Comma Lectionary, in this week of the church's calendar year. And so as we've talked about in the previous weeks in the season of Easter, there's only four in the Lectionary, so we have to pick up an extra one along the way. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 3, verses 15 through 22. This part of my morning reading today at the time of this recording. So, And I just kept thinking about it throughout the day. So I thought I'd share some thoughts here. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Luke chapter 3, verses 15 through 22. The people were filled with expectation, and everyone wondered whether John might be the Christ. John replied to them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than me is coming. I'm not worthy to loosen the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The shovel he uses to sift the wheat from the husks is in his hands. He will clean out the threshing area and bring the wheat into his barn but he will burn the husks with the fire that can't be put out. With many other words, John appealed to them, proclaiming good news to the people. But Herod, the ruler, had been criticized harshly by John because of Herodias, Herod's, Herod's brother's wife, because of all the evil he had done. He added this to this list of his evil deeds. He locked John up in prison. When everyone was being baptized, Jesus also was baptized. While he was praying, heaven was opened, And the Holy Spirit came down on him in bodily form like a dove. And there was a voice from heaven You are my Son, whom I dearly love, in you I find happiness. This is the Word of God for us. So let me give a disclaimer about maybe a couple of thoughts to would share about Luke chapter three. I think it's easy for us to feel like we're in an era of significance. Like, isn't that like all we want to be part of, like where the action is? Maybe, maybe there might be some personalities out there that they don't have that ideation. They'd rather just live a you know, quiet, calm, secluded life. They could care less what was going on around them. But I think maybe it's just because we live in, uh, in the midst of American exceptionalism, Perhaps because our whole life we've been told to, you know, seize life and to make the most of it. Don't waste our days. Uh, we we all want to have the sense that we are part of something bigger, and that the world is going to be different at the end of our time than it was at the beginning, right? We see knowledge compounding and so on and so forth, and so it's easy for us to conclude uh, with either this anecdotal evidence, maybe some uh, studies that we find most helpful to that claim out there. Uh, and then other people agree with us, and so we feel like we're in a place of uh, solidarity with others, that we're like in an era of, of profound change. But there have been times in church history where there have been profound changes, and they didn't happen overnight. Uh, most you, know, su- you know, seismic changes don't. Uh, most paradigm shifts take a long time. Things have to line up, and then they materialize in a moment, perhaps. Um, and then it takes in- many more years after those events to even begin to define what exactly happened. But it does seem like we're in a, an era of change. Um, there was an Episcopalian priest who once said that it seems like the church has a great garage sale every 500 years. Right? Like You've been a part of that where like, you just clean everything, like you pull everything out of the garage and you begin to say, okay, I want to keep this, but I don't need this any longer. Uh, and every 500 years is rather arbitrary, but it's kind of close. Uh, we sense like the great uh, monastery movements early on in the, you know, 300s to 500s to 600s or whatever, the great schism that happened in the year 1000 to 1100 AD, you had uh, the great reformation in 1500 and the subsequent changes in, um, and you know, 16th and 17th and 18th centuries. Right. And so there's a sense, maybe it was the dawning of new technology. Uh, maybe it was, um, the, the sense where like we did kind of, open our eyes to, wow, uh, religions do sometimes cause violence and uh, upheaval in our world that's not akin to their native belief systems. That we have to start to think, okay, we need, it's about time that we make some changes. Or like maybe if we're not pro-making changes, like we just, we just get the sense that changes are happening to us, uh, whether we like it or not. Um, John was curating, a, you know, just, he was like at the seam of some great change. And it might be too simplistic to say he's like the voice between the Old and New Testaments, We know now through Qumran and some other discoveries that there are many different voices uh, in between the two testaments that were beginning to hint at something new and profound going on. But John seems to be the Christian voice. And there was something unique about him. Maybe it was his uh, vow to simplicity. Uh, Maybe it was his bold and daring preaching. But there are other people like that as well. I like the way that Richard Rohr talks about Uh, John the Baptist, he says that John the Baptist was on the outside of the inside of the Israeli community. Um, Isn't that fun? Like, what do we look at? Like, so he wasn't an outsider that he would be easily dismissed, but his voice was distinct to where like the insiders really paid attention and they would conclude, yeah, like this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, There are some legends about John, about how he got to the place where he came from the wilderness into the Jordan region to preach and to baptize. But we just get the sense where he was like starting to direct some traffic. Like he, maybe that's a good vision for him. Like, uh, you know, kind of a metaphor for who he was. Like imagine like a a traffic mess going on and someone has to get in the middle of the road and tell one side to stop so the other side can go through. It seemed like there was a a perfect storm. And this is something that N.T. Wright shares in his book, Simply Jesus. There was um, imperialism. Um, There was like this Jewish zealotry and then there was like cult worship that was colliding together in Palestine and Jesus showed up in the midst of it all. And that, those were the forces, those were the headwinds that, uh, certainly brought him to a place where he was a person of controversy. And ultimately it was concluded he needed to be crucified in order to be stopped. Right. But John was giving the hints of it. Like he was on the outside of the inside and he spoke with great clarity. Yeah. And he's like basically saying like religion, as we know, it was going to go through a change. And uh, he was right. He wasn't right about all things. I mean, we could fast forward a little bit to the middle of the gospel uh, here in the few chapters of Luke where even John's got his questions. He's in prison. He sent some of his disciples to Jesus to ask for some clarity. Because even he was not quite prepared about who Jesus was going to be. He had a hint, but he wasn't so sure. Um, I think that's what's happening right now. No one voice out there, even the voices that we love the most, can truly get to the bottom of what's going on. But what we do get the sense of uh, is that uh, something is, something drastic is changing. Now it may not touch our part of the body of Christ uh, as deeply as it might others. Uh, it might not even uh, impact our part of the world like it does in other parts of the world. But don't you take great comfort and a great sense of responsibility with Paul's words when he says that when one body of the Christ is the body of Christ is honored, all the rest are honored with it. And then when one part of the body grieves, all the rest of the body grieves with it. Um, This is a, is a, a good time for us to be reminded that we're not just a part of a local church body. And that we're not just even like a subset within that local church body. Like I'm a part of the young adults in my church. No, like we're global Christians. And there are going to be times where the global Christian movement is going to ask us to represent it. And it's going to go over and against some of the other loves in our life. And that's where the people were frustrated with John. John saw it clearly. Even though he didn't see it all, he saw it clearly. He's like, we're moving towards change. And it's going to upend some of the things that we've been committed to for quite some time, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be the tide of blessing that we've been all yearning for. And I think it's where some of us are at. We know change is coming. We're a bit afraid of the changes it might make. But the thing that we have to wrestle with is can I prepare myself in time to experience the great blessing of what God is doing amongst his body, through his body, in a day like ours? And so it's gonna take some prayer, but aren't you glad? Aren't you thankful? Kind of like the, the prayer requests, you know, from yesterday, aren't you grateful for the voices within the church that help us to see what we need to see before it's too late? Right? They they show us the exit on the on the highway before we pass it so that we can get off in the right place, so we can go in the right direction. And I thank God for the voices in the church that are doing all that they can with a limited vision that they have, but all that they can to make sure that we're making the right turn. And so I'm just going to pray for the voices in the church that we need to hear the most, that we'd hear them clearly, and that they would inspire us to be the people of God today. So those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you're with us, that you comfort us with your love. And so as we continue to journey with you, we thank you that we journey with the people of God. And we thank you that as our good shepherd, uh, we can hear your voice together. And God, we are thankful for the voices that are the toughest to hear right now among the body of Christ, the ones that wake us up, the ones that afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Um, We thank you for them today, that they help us to keep the direction the path that you've laid out for your people. Uh, God, we just confess to you, there's many voices. Um, We we could be swept away uh, with fervor that's uh, misguided. Uh, We could be uh, swept up in promises that are empty. We thank you that you're the living one, uh, the one who's able to hold us and all things together. And so God, during this tumultuous season of change, um, we just simply pray that you would hold us together and that we would be able to experience this great wave of blessing that's that's uh, approaching the church today. Uh, We want to be on the receiving end of that in order to bring praise to God and to see you move and transform the earth. So God, this day, help us to be in alignment with you. Help us to receive your ways with gladness. And I pray that as we do so, we'd see you change the world around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.